Okay, everybody. Good afternoon. This is Guru and the Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Normally, we'd be getting ready for uh, week six, but uh, given the schedule changes, we are actually going to talk a little bit about last night's game, and we have a game tonight. The Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee Titans. It's been so long that the Titans have played, Wiz, that uh, I forgot that we have actually have two undefeated teams playing tonight. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, for those of us, and myself included, that have uh, A.J. Brown, <laughs> you almost uh, uh, forgotten about the player. Uh, he made that appearance in the opening uh, week, uh, Monday Night Football, and then hasn't been seen since. Uh, just uh, just be good to see him back on the field. But uh, they're kind of depleted, right? A couple of the guys are out with COVID, Corey Davis, Humphreys as well. Yeah, they're both out, and um, I think uh, Simmons is also out on the defensive side of the ball. I know Tyler Lewan's supposed to play tonight, but I think they're missing something like 12 or 13 players from their you know regular roster. So they'll be... Yeah, uh, <laughs> those uh, leagues that you know didn't give you a choice or a backup, uh, you know, if you either started the Monday guys or not, you know, I guess you're kind of lucky and feel lucky that um, the game is being played because... Kind of just felt like uh, that was like on a pins and needles. Every hour, it seems something was developing uh, on Sunday morning uh, with those two games, the Patriot game and the Titan game. So it's good that uh, you know the game will be played tonight. Uh, I don't know. Well, I don't know what your thoughts are on the game last night. One uh, in the game, the first half, it looked like. Drew Brees was maybe a couple of bad throws away from possibly being benched. I don't know what the heck was going on in the first half. He just was making some poor decisions. Second half, much, much better. It seems he had a a grasp on what the Chargers were trying to do. But it, it was a strange, it was definitely a strange game. Uh, I know that I mentioned I liked the under in the game yesterday. And boy, when you have a total at 49 and a half and it's 20-20 with a few minutes to go in the game, you got to be feeling pretty good. <laughs> he had Mike Williams with a long touchdown pass with a few minutes to go, and then the Saints came down and scored in the game and ended up going into overtime. But uh, I don't know you have any overview or take on the game uh, before we talk about tonight's game. A tough break um, for Herbert uh, losing Keenan Allen. Uh, he still plowed through, and he had a great game. Uh, you know, I, I, I was in one of these leagues where I managed to sit Tom Brady and, and play Justin Herbert, and he certainly rewarded that decision. Uh, the kid plays with a lot of moxie. He's tough. I would like to have seen him run a little bit more last night, move around in the, in the pocket. He didn't do it as much as he, he's done a little bit more uh, in the previous games. But losing Keenan Allen was definitely a, you know, a factor. It, it definitely hurt their offense a little bit. I'd say one thing that I was slightly concerned about coming into this game was the fact that people had forgotten, and, and we had talked about it a little bit, uh, about Justin Jackson actually having some some good skills uh, when he's been able to get on the field and play a lot of yards per touch. And he looked like the better running back yesterday. I, you know, I had mentioned that, that you know, I thought he was a potentially good play because um, a lot of people were kind of on the Kelly bandwagon. I'm not, say, I'm not saying in the next game it could be opposite in terms of their roles, but but this these two guys are going to split the, the workload, I think, kind of moving forward until Austin Eckler comes back. Yeah, I mean, they're two good players. I, I mentioned when we did the Chargers uh, – capsule and we were talking about them that I, I thought that was the best young running back room in the NFL with uh, with all three of those players you know all three, 22, 23 and 24 years old uh, Eckler Jackson and Joshua Kelly who they just drafted 
looking at it, I think it's going to be a game-by-game situation with who's going to get the majority of the catches, I mean, the touches, really. Um, It kind of looks to me that they're going to use Justin Jackson in more of the echo role if they're trailing or if they're in third and long. The concerning thing that I do have if I'm a Justin Jackson owner, and in one league I am, um, is it seemed that when they got down there, they were, Kelly was the guy that they were going to have the goal line. Now, when they had that interception and he returned it to the one-yard line, you know, it, it, Kelly was in the game when the offense came on the field. Now, they did a crazy play, a play action that he actually got sacked back to the 10-yard line. But it is a little bit concerning if you have Justin Jackson that when they get down there and they got down inside the five twice, um, that Kelly was in there. But I think to your point, this is going to be a game-by-game situation. Game script, what's happening is going to dictate a lot of it, but it's a real headache. And, you know, if you have no other options, you're going to have to start them. But picking which one, if you have both players, seems so difficult. And uh, it looks to be a full-blown timeshare at this point. Yeah, and I think if you're going into waiver wires this week, mo- the, the, the likelihood that uh, Kelly is available is is more of a lower chance that he's available than Justin Jackson. I think Justin Jackson won't be available on more waiver wires uh, this this morning. Uh, but, uh, I think last week, when once Eckler went down, that was it for Jackson. Like Jackson's not going to be available in any leagues this week. I mean, I think once Kelly went down the week before going into this past week, that was the week where everybody drafted uh, Jackson. It'll be a similar situation with the Vikings this week where, you know... I'm well, sure no, actually, if you if you look, Eckler... Uh, sorry, oh, Justin Jackson's ownership right now is only, like, between uh, uh, ESPN, CBS, Yahoo, is somewhere between 40 and 53% between the three sites. At this point, right now, even after, yep. after the Eckler injury? Yep. I was stunned to see that. Yep. Okay. I, I, I guess. I mean, it'll definitely be more ownership on the player now after seeing how much he was in the mix. But I guess this all comes down to like, um, you know, when I'm gauging this, I'm looking at this, like how deep the leagues are, I guess, like in, in leagues where you only have like 14 or 16 players on your roster and maybe you're starting eight or nine or whatever. Um, you know, he'll be available in deeper leagues. I don't know, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to see. And uh, I guess another thing that's come out of the weekend is it's already been reported that Dalvin Cook is going to miss this week. So um, Madison, you know, I'm, again, I'm not sure how much, uh, how many leagues that player is available, but I'm sure they'll be uh, bidding on Madison and even uh, Boone as well if people are, uh, in desperate situations with bye weeks and all the other, uh, all the other things that's gone on. But uh, I don't know. Have you seen anything on Keenan Allen? Is that going to be a multi-week thing? I know the Chargers are off this week, so he'll probably be back for week seven, I'm assuming. Yeah, and I think the same thing with Cook because the Vikings are also off in, in week, um, yeah, week that's Yeah, I guess that's the case. I, I'm wondering, yeah, you know, if, e- if either of those teams had a playoff game or an important game this week, the season was on the line, if Allen or Cook or both or either one of them would be out there this week, but I guess with both teams having bye weeks, um, they're already, you know, most likely going to sit. Certainly, they've already announced that about Dalvin Cook. Um, um, by the way, you, you know, you, me- you mentioned that, that that call on the goal line, and I, and I sat there watching that last night, and I'm like, it's a perfect situation. You know, I know their offensive line is a little beat up and scratched up, 
But come on, these these gimmick plays. When you, I, I talked about that stupid play that the tight the the Jaguars ran the other day on, on a fourth and one when they're trying to roll James Robinson to throw a pass. Like guys, why are we not like just blasting through it? Give it, give it at least one try to blast it through from the one yard line. I just I I, I, I scratch my head. And I looked, you know, our friend Rick brought this up about the Chargers losing so many tough games. You look at their point differential this year. They're 1-4. They've outscored their opponents by something like 15 points on the year. And they just find ways to lose. It's just really difficult to watch. This is a, this is a really, really cursed team, I got to say. Yeah, the Chargers are a good team. You know, I was watching the Chargers yesterday, and um, I was thinking to myself, boy, when they got all of their players that are hurt back, I'm assuming, you know, that's not going to be until next year. Some of them will come back. But my goodness, I mean, Bosa and Ingram and Murray, who they drafted, and Harris and, and their great safety, James, I mean, that's a defense. When they have all their pieces together, they're going to be a formidable, formidable defense. That's a, you know, I, I think this year, you know, without James and some of these other guys, you know, they're, they're still okay and you could play them with matchups. But you've got to kind of think if they have all their pieces together, that, that's got the capability of being a top five defense. Yeah, no question. And they missed uh, Melvin Ingram was out last night, too, which is, you know, he's one of the key. key... I mentioned, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. all of those players tough. that they, really tough. They, they're missing. But, uh, yeah, that was um, they, they. They certainly have lost way more than their share of difficult games. So we'll we'll, we'll see how that goes. But you gotta like the the moxie, if you will, of Herbert. Man, he he's hanging in that pocket. He's taking some hits. He's keeping his eyes down the field. These are all things that you can't really teach. A young quarterback, yeah, it has to be within him to just keep your eyes down the field. You know, Russell Wilson really is a perfect example of a, of a guy who just understands the art of breaking out of the pocket, but not breaking to run four yards and run out of bounds. Breaking out of the pocket and looking to hit you with a 60-70 yard touchdown pass. Um, and uh, and Herbert's got that moxie, man. He stood in that pocket and he was stepping up and he knew he was going to get hit. And he was making some great throws. I mean, it's a it's a great it's a great learning experience. And uh, yeah, the Chargers have a lot of good young players. Um, certainly, if they're all healthy, uh, they're 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 a team to be reckoned with. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna drive some teams crazy as as they begin to get some people back in the second half of the season. They'll definitely make life tough on in, in some of these matchups. They come, you know, we talked about it, they come to play every single week. And I thought, to your point earlier, I, I thought Breeze looked horrendous in the first half. I was like, what is going on here again with nothing? And actually, he really didn't throw any any significant balls down the field. He made a couple of big connections. One with Traquan Smith late in the game. Um, a couple with um, Emmanuel Sanders. You know, it still doesn't look 100% to me. I know Mike Thomas is still out, but there's still something that's missing there. The arm strength seems to be lacking. Yeah, he cook with a big with a, with a big one when you know he stepped up in the pocket. He was climbing the pocket, and uh, the defense got a little confused what they were doing there. So yeah, he he was capable of making those big plays. But we'll have to see what happens. You know, when a when a team that can put a pass rush and I just don't know, like, if he's playing outdoors in conditions, like, he's able to make, he doesn't look great in the dome. 
I didn't like the fact that the guy was contemplating retiring and talking about being a broadcaster. That's always an ominous sign for me. But it's one thing to make those throws in that cushy dome. I just don't know if a situation comes where he's going to have to play outdoors, uh, you know, it, it, whatever in a playoff game or something like that, where I don't even know who the, the best, the better teams are that he could be playing in a playoff game in, 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 the, in the cold weather. Um, if he'd be able to make any of these throws, it'd be interesting to see. But uh, certainly their offense has looked um, inept at times, but that's without Mike Thomas and uh, it seems Sanders is really, really getting on the same page with Breeze. So I'm assuming when Thomas comes back, their offense will be better. But we'll have to see about the Saints. They just kind of look ordinary to me at this point. Like, I don't know. I think their mystique is gone. And, wow, is their defense bad. They That back that their, their back seven is not good. I mean, if they can't get to the quarterback, you can make big plays on them all day because they, they can't cover anybody. No, they're, they're, they're definitely lacking. And I think, you know, we talked about this not having fans in that building, which certainly helped them a lot at home. They were a much better defense at home. You know, that, that definitely exposes it even more in, in a game like that. So let's move to the game tonight. Um, when you make this, the Titans have been off. They haven't played a game in a, in a, in a while here. They're missing players. Um, you know, what do you think it's gonna? What do you think it's gonna look like tonight? So logic would say to me, uh, they don't really have much of a chance because of that time off and 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 an undermanned uh, against one of the better teams in the league. Um, that's what logic would say to me. But I think you've mentioned this before, and, and this is a team that likes to win ugly. So I can see a very well rested uh, Derrick Henry um, making this as ugly a game, kind of like that Patriot. Um, uh, Titan game in the playoffs, I could see Derrick Henry running the ball somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 to 35 times tonight, and Mike Vrabel still running them, even if he stopped the first 15 times, that they do not stop doing that. So that's kind of the way I see the game playing out. I saw that the over-under in this game was 51 and a half. So if I were to bet something, I think I'm leaning towards the under in this game because I just think it's going to be a Derrick Henry fest tonight. Um, I know the Bills have been really good. They're probably a little bit pissed off that their schedule's been kind of knocked around and all that kind of stuff. So I think they also get the opportunity to show everybody, hey, you know, we're here to stay. And, and you know, this is not, you know, this is not a uh, one-time gig, us getting back to the playoffs this is a run that we're looking to make, and, and Josh Allen also wants to make a big statement tonight. So, yeah, I, I think the under makes some sense. I personally like the Bills in the game tonight because they've been off, and if they get in any kind of lead, it'll be difficult for uh, Tennessee to play that kind of ugly type of game. Yeah, I just have to chuckle to myself. I'm looking at the player props. If, you know, if someone would have said this to me five weeks ago, I would have said, I just don't believe it. That the under and over on Josh Allen is very close to 300 yards passing. Like, um, I know what he's done. I'm amazed by it. You know, the digs, John Brown and Gabriel, uh, you know, all, all those guys, um, Gabriel Davis just getting in there and, and, um, and, and giving them a real potent passing game. But this is, uh, this is really unbelievable to see that his total under and over is almost 300 yards 
passing in the game. Um, looking right now, they got the total on Henry at 99.5, which is uh, a pretty high total. Uh, do you have any views? I don't know if you really look closely at the player props. Do you have any views on any of these things? Well, well, I'll say one thing. Um, so I found it weird. I, maybe they're waiting for Zach Moss if he's going to be active or not, but there was no no player listed on the running side for the Bills, right? That was kind of weird. Um, right. Given, given that we're going to be a little bit undermanned on the receiving side for for, for the... Tannehill rushing. Yeah, Tannehill rushing. <laughs> I knew that you going. It's, okay. too, it's too low. It's too low. He's he's got he's going to have inexperienced receivers. Well, Raymond has played a lot. They have, they got a kid Westbrook who's they going to bring up. Uh, we know there's going to be a lot of attention placed on both uh, AJ Brown and I would think uh, Juno Smith. But it seems like a low number for Tannehill, who normally takes off at least two or three times a game. It seems like a very low number. And he can really run. I mean, he's not one of these quarterbacks that it'll be a lumbering, you know. You know, like he'll have to run five times to hit that over. I mean, he he could really run. Uh, so if there's an opportunity, like you said, um, he'll certainly take off. And he's he's a willing runner and he's athletic as well. So he that that one could be. I mean, just looking at these under and overs. Um, you know, when a guy's been out of action, you just don't know. But A.J. Brown, I think, without um, some of their key guys in the secondary, I, I think is a pretty good bet to go over 58-and-a-half in that game. Um, do you have a view on Henry, either one, the total yards are rushing? It's 99-and-a-half rushing and, like, 120-and-a-half for total yards. Any view on that at all? I mean, those are big numbers, right? That's a that's a, that's a a strong game. It's a, that's a really good game. So I, I'm, I'm probably not going to push against kind of where the market is but I would I would lean towards over just because I think they're going to feed him you know the ball 30 to 35 times tonight yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if he got a, you know a lot of uh, a lot of carries and I, I don't know like the Bills defense you know well thought of coming to the year probably top five-ish top seven certainly coming to the year and they have not played well at all. I mean, they've had glimpses, but the other teams have been kind of been able to do what they want. Do you think the Bills defense plays better tonight, or you know, how do you, how do you think that's going to go? I mean, I know Tennessee is kind of down to like Smith, AJ Brown, and Henry with no Corey Davis, or Humphreys, or uh, you know, those complimentary guys. So, do you, do you think the Bills defense, looking at it? I know you think it could be an ugly game, and that's what the Titans want to do, but do you think the Bills' defense is going to start playing better, I guess, in general? I think you mentioned this before about the offense, you know, maybe having an impact on this defense. In other words, the offense, a little bit more of a higher-scoring offense, putting points on the board, not not really uh, sustaining drives. There's actually been a lot of big plays, so the Bills' defense maybe has been on the field a little bit more than they're used to, and perhaps that's actually playing a little bit into the downward move in the Bills' defense. I think they've struggled a little bit, too, in addition to that. Um, but, you know, I think the fact that this offense is a little bit more high-powered and, and teams have been trying to catch up against them, remember the Ram game, how much that played into it. So maybe some of that. I certainly hope the Bills play well tonight. I have them going in one of my leagues, so hopefully uh, that's the case. So, uh, But I, I tend to think this is going to be one of those kind of punch fests tonight. So I see this being a lower-scoring game. You know, I like Buffalo maybe winning this game something like 20, 24, or 17, something like that. I'm looking for a lower-score game and Buffalo winning. Uh, and, yeah, I think this defense comes to play a bit. And I think the, the Bills have something to prove. Like like I said, they 
This is a team that is looking for respect. The Patriots have been the dominating force in this division for a long time, and I think this is a big statement game. And hopefully they're not looking ahead too far to that game next Monday night when they play at 5 p.m. next Monday against the Chiefs. That is the one worry here that they're actually looking at that game. Imagine that playing, two, you know, they, they, they play the Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champs, uh, who are no longer undefeated because of the loss to, to Vegas, but they are playing the undefeated Tennessee Titans this week. So, so two tough battles in a row for the Buffalo Bills and a big test for them early in the season. Yeah, and let's uh, just talk about some DraftKings uh, stuff. You know, last night um, I gave out uh, Taysom Hill as a real cheap guy to put in there. And he had a rushing touchdown, which is huge, and uh, he almost had a receiving one as well, and Drew Brees was trying to throw him a quick two-yard pass, but uh, the defender like literally grabbed Taysom Hill by his helmet and flung him to the ground, and the ball went incomplete. I don't know why they didn't call a penalty on that. And I also uh, had um, had um, – the kicker, Lutz, kicking, predicting he would kick four. He kicked three. One was from 54. One was from 48. Another 30-something. So Lutz and Hill did perform. So if you sprinkled him in there with the big players and you got the big players right, you had a good night. I missed out having on a, a really big night. I did okay. I just had the, you know some of the wrong receivers. Uh, you know, I, I played a few of them, but I sprinkled in, like I said, both of those players in, in and all the ones that I did, and I'm going to give another kind of a cheap player out tonight. I'm going to I'm going to predict Dawson Knox um, has a pretty good game, maybe a touchdown, uh, and maybe 40 or 50 yards receiving. So Dawson Knox is my real cheap guy to sprinkle in there, playing with the you know the Henrys and the Tannehills and the Josh Allens and the Diggs and and those guys. So. Dawson Knox is my guy. Do you have a DraftKings guy that you feel confident about or also somebody that's that's going to be cheap salary-wise for the uh, listeners to put in there? Yeah, we're going to get a play-action touchdown, a long one from Khalif Raymond this week. Okay, and uh, when he's in the game, keep an eye on him. When he's in the game, it usually means that you know they're going to throw a long one to him. He's not out there to block <laughs> or any of that kind of stuff. So look for him. So that's an interesting one. I'm sure uh, salary is very, very cheap. So uh, Raymond for the guru. And, the, and, and there's one uh, other one, too, because remember, this receiving core is down to bare bones. So the other kid that I mentioned is, is, is a kid by the name of Westbrook. Uh, and uh, he is, I think he's like a $300 player tonight, something like that. He's something ridiculously low, but I think he's forced to play just given that they've their their uh, depth chart is decimated. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's um, yeah. Their, their their depth chart is absolutely uh, uh, decimated. So yeah, it could be down to the you know who who they're going to get in there. I'm just looking at this, some news as we're talking here, and it looks like uh, the the top beat reporter for the Jets is reporting that Le'Veon Bell. Uh, <laughs> oh no. But I talked about Le'Veon Bell and Adam Gase. They should make it under and over who's going to last longer with the Jets this year. That the Jets are now actively, actively shopping, uh, you know, Le'Veon Bell. But, you know, his salary, uh, Nick, by the way, Nick, West, Nick Westbrook is the receiver that's playing tonight for the Titans, for those that want to find him on DraftKings. Um, so with the salary of Le'Veon Bell and the Jets would have to eat it, I mean, wouldn't it take like a contending team whose top
top running back is hurt for like some sort of a trade. Like who in the, at this point is going to be in the market for Le'Veon Bell with the other stuff that he brings to the table and salary included? Like who who's a candidate to make a trade with the Jets for Le'Veon Bell at this point? So it's October 13th and you mentioned the November 3rd trade deadline. So that's a lot of time. We've been seeing star players go down each and every week. So to that point, I think it's going to really be predicated on which players are able to stay healthy through that period of time. Because if one of these contenders, as you mentioned, lose their top dog and maybe they don't have, like, let's face it, let's say, I'm not, and believe me, I wish harm on no player, but let's say something serious happened to Derrick Henry tonight. So they have a rookie, Darrington Evans. They have the kid Blazingham on this team. But if and this is a team that's looking to contend. They're three and zero. If he were to go down, do you think there's an opportunity for Le'Veon Bell to step in and play for the Tennessee Titans? I would say absolutely. There is absolutely zero chemistry. There's complete hatred between Gase and and Bell, and whether it be because of the contract or whatever it is. And Gase is a pretty much a nut job when it comes to this. And and look, Bell has performed poorly. This has not been a good team, but it's going to take something like that to happen and to, to find a really good mix. But like I said, we've been seeing this weekly. So if there's a devastating injury over the next couple of weeks, you can bet, rest assured that <laughs> one of the first phones to ring will be uh, the, the Doug, Joe Douglas's phone because they'll be looking for to see what the story is with Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's not like baseball where you trade prospects. Like a team that's out of it is trading pros is getting prospects and they're trading an established guy and they're okay with that and they realize it's a two, three, four year process and they'll be patient with the young player. I mean, so what? What, what do you? How do you work this out? Like, so Derrick Henry is out. Is 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 Le'Veon Bell going to hold off Derrick Henry when Derrick Henry comes back next year? So it's not going to be like a sign, a, a trade, and then you sign the player for multi years. That that's not going to work, uh, especially when you've given Henry all this money. And by the way, look at what they just gave Henry. Did they have the money to 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 make this kind of a trade? I think it's 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 in the NFL at this stage. It's a lot more complicated complicated than some of these other sports, especially baseball, where it's prospects and these teams have so much money and they could throw in cash and they could cover and the Yankees will say, sure, we'll pay 98% of his salary. You just pay a couple of thousand bucks and we'll make the trade and, and we'll do this and, and all of that kind of stuff. And, and football, it's, it's a lot more complicated and Le'Veon Bell seems not to be the easiest guy to deal with. That's on top of his lack of production. So I think it's a lot, it's easier said than done. Could that scenario take place? Yes. But I think it would have to be something where it's completely, everything's aligned, where it has to be the team has money. The team has lost the tailback. The team is in playoff contention. The team can doesn't have to worry about Le'Veon Bell. Like, I'm not, how are all those things going to add up? I mean, in your mind? No, it's not, it's not simple. I, I mean, again, I I use Derek Henry loosely. There are teams in in better shape when it comes to contract and and, and cap room, right? But I just kind of use that as a quick example. But I think it's very complicated to trade a player like uh, uh, Le'Veon Bell right now, and that's just a disaster of a situation gets worse and worse uh, for the New York Jets, that's for sure. Now, I'll tell you what would make it easier if the Jets are of the mindset, we made a mistake, we're going to cut our losses, 
we're going to get rid of the player. We're going to eat the majority of the salary. We're not going to ask for an overwhelming lot back. It's kind of like addition by subtraction by getting rid of the player. He's a detriment to us. So now I'm not saying that's going to be the feelings of the Jets, but if those are the, the sentiment of the Jets, then it'll be a lot easier to make a deal. But if the Jets are playing hardball and saying, well, you know, he's still Le'Veon Bell, he's an MVP candidate, he, you know, you got to pay his salary, you got to do this, you got to do that, it's not going to be easy to make a trade. If the Jets want to basically get rid of the player, then obviously there's some kind of movement and you could just see the writing is on the wall. I talked about this, you know, with you in the, in the last podcast, I, I'm not sure, you know, if that line was who lasts longer with the jets or who's going to be on the jet sidelines, more games this year, Adam Gase, Olivia Bell, it, it's a pick and bet. It really is like this could go either way. Like I said it, Tomorrow you may read Le'Veon Bell traded. Tomorrow you may read Adam Gase fired. It can go either way. Both can happen. But at this point, would you say at least one of those things are going to happen? I think. I actually think. I'm confident one of those will happen. I'm confident both things are going to happen, actually. I'm very confident. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. I would not disagree with that at all. I just think. A fun bet is which happens first, um, you know, but we'll, we'll have to see. But, man, if you're in New York, this is a difficult situation with these New York teams. I mean, it's it, it's it's difficult. It really is. And, uh, yeah, there was a once a time, you know, the Giants were every year you count on them to be a top contender and the Phil Sims and Parcells era and then the Eli Manning era, a couple of Super Bowls, and they were contenders. But this thing has got to turn around some way. And it looks to me, at least, you know, I, I don't have any skin in the game. I'm not a Jets fan or a Giants fan, really. You know, I'd like to see both teams do okay. But at least in my opinion, maybe you have a different view or the same view. It looks to me like the Jets are really, really far, far away where they need to almost scratch it and start over or at least the Giants have some sort of system in place. They're more competitive. They have a young coach that may know what he's doing, a young quarterback, and not that Sam Donald's old, but like it seems to me like the Jets are almost at the point where they got to start over again. I think the Jets are just a much, generally speaking, historically, a much worse run organization, and I think that's kind of a highlight right now. It's unfortunate, like I said, for, for Douglas, he kind of walked into this as a GM, but he hasn't made good decisions this year so far. You know, his draft is looking – I mean, Beckton's played okay, but you can't get Mims on the field. You know, you watch – I know friends of mine were screaming up and down when that when the opportunity to pick a receiver, they were looking for Claypool, and Mims can't even get on the field. We don't even know what he can do right now. So it's, it's frustrating for sure, and the Jets just have a lot of work to do on, on, on both sides of the football. So, yeah, I think the Giants have been much more scrappier. They've been involved in all their games, whereas to me the Jets don't have a chance when they walk into the building. Yeah, yeah. well, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I mean, it really, like, it becomes like a punchline, these two teams, especially the Jets, where um, – it doesn't even look like they're competitive, and and in some instances, it doesn't even look like some of the players are trying. It's uh, it's it, it, there's a disparity between the two teams in effort, I see, and uh, the Jets are already, I think, kind of close to like scrapping the whole thing and starting over again with the coach, uh, and a lot of their personnel as well. So we'll have to see how it plays out, and um, 
I guess we'll be back later in the week. Now, there's no Thursday night game this week. So I guess we'll just be back later. Uh, what are we going to do here? We'll do one sh- one maybe show on Thursday to recap everything, uh, where the teams are, and then kind of one uh, maybe again on Friday or Saturday where we're talking about the upcoming week. Yep, that sounds like a game plan. That sounds like a game plan. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot to cover, obviously, from what happened this week. You know, whether it's waiver picks and stuff like that, we want to get that stuff. You know, sir, we touched upon a player. You know, you mentioned him and – we talked about Travis Fulgham. We, we can talk a little bit about situations like that as the Eagles try to get healthier. But, you know, to me, he looked he looked like a player you want to pick up. So we'll, we'll cover the AFC and the NFC. We'll do two podcasts on that, and then we'll have our, our weekend uh, usual uh, pre-week six uh, discussion as we do not have a Thursday night football game. Much to my delight, by the way, I'm glad we don't because Thursday night football is a bane of my existence. <laughs> Yeah, I know you hate uh, Thursday Night Football. I think uh, it, it'll be good for everyone to be able just to make their moves and uh, pickups and drops and uh, later in the week and after having a little bit more information, that Thursday game is not a very good product. So I'm glad uh, about that as well. And uh, I guess we'll uh, we'll talk later in the week then. Yeah, actually, just to let you know, in one of my leagues this week, we've actually scrapped the Thursday pickup. We've just uh, decided to go with a Saturday pickup this week. People didn't want to deal with it. They gave us more time to kind of digest the situation. So we're actually going to have a Saturday and a Sunday pickup this week. No Thursday. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, Mal League, uh, we do uh, Thursday, Saturday, and we do a Sunday afternoon pickup just in case uh, there's some late developing things. So, uh, yeah, I think our leagues have to adapt and adjust, and uh, hopefully everyone's doing that. All right, Wiz. Good stuff. Talk later. Have a good, yourself, a good afternoon. Who is well.